0: Two complimentary exhibitions currently on the IU campus tell the story of how a beloved landmark came to take its central place in the university's fine arts plaza. Artworks Yael Cassandra spoke with the history detectives at the IU Art Museum and the IU Archives who followed the paper trail behind this modernist masterpiece.
1: A curator and an archivist have gathered at a central landmark on Indiana University's Bloomington campus to speak about art and architecture. But the conversation soon turns to fish.
2: The original fish was actually more of a a static figure. It looks sort of more like a trophy fish. And I don't know exactly when, but they decided that that fish just did not fit with the rest of the design, and they had an extra fish made. It was much more animated.
1: As in most fish stories, there's a lot of talk about the one that got away.
2: In 1976, unfortunately, following the NCAA Championships, one of the fish was stolen and fortunately at that time they had an extra fish in storage and they were able to replace that other fish. And then in 1987 another fish was stolen so then they didn't have any of the more sort of animated fish to replace it so they put that original static trophy-like fish in that central location. The watering
1: hole that has provided the setting for this fish-turned-shaggy-dog story is ensconced within campus landscape and lore.
0: It's an iconic symbol of IU. Since
1: 1961, Robert Laurent's Birth of Venus Fountain has been the centerpiece of Showalter Plaza, the artistic core of the Bloomington campus. It's a modernist take on a classical subject that brings to mind Paul Manship's Prometheus at Rockefeller Center. The birth of IU's Venus did not come without a long labor— As IU assistant archivist Carrie Schwer explained, the fountain's origins go back more than two decades prior to its dedication.
2: The first mention that we really found about this fountain dates back to actually 1939, when the university architects Igers and Higgins, a firm based out of New York City, outlined what was then referred to as the Fine Arts Group, which included locations for the present-day auditorium, which was completed in 1941, And then also the location of the Fine Arts Radio TV building, which wasn't completed until 1962. And it also included, interestingly, instead of what is now the Lilly Library, there was a open air theater, which was proposed to be on that site.
1: A university archivist gets the chance to wander down all sorts of roads not taken. Another alternate reality survives in the form of an original plan for the fountain, which is
2: dramatically different from what we know today. It was very classical, very flat. Now, On each of the four corners, there was these sort of classically clothed sculptural figures representing sculpture, music, painting to correspond to the surrounding buildings.
1: In the meantime, though, the university's fine arts department was beefing up and attracting international faculty. IU Art Museum curator Nan Brewer provided some insight into how what began as a classical fountain became a neo-primitivist Venus on
0: the half-shell. One of the first people brought in was Robert Laurent, who was already a very well-established sculptor. He was born in, in France. He was considered really one of the earliest sculptors to embrace some of the concepts of modernism. He was exposed to Cubism as well as very influenced by primitive art, both African, Polynesian, work of Gauguin, etc., when he was hired to head up the brand new sculpture department at IU in nineteen forty two, I think it was natural for them to now turn to to Laurent and say, would you could you do this? Laurent rose to the occasion.
1: A preparatory drawing for the birth of Venus Fountain given to the museum by collector August Freundlich and complimentary sketches at the archives provide insight into how the sculptor approached the challenge. One of the things that we discovered is there are three Different, distinct designs. The figure of Venus went from kneeling on the shell to reclining on it in various positions.
0: One of the other reclining designs actually had her holding a fish in her arm. It almost looks like it's wiggling and popping out. It always seems to go back to those fish. We say dolphin, but they look more like fish. But the dolphin was the classical attribute of Venus. Which begs the question, why
1: did this particular goddess and her fishy friends end up in the Showalter Fountain. Herman Wells considered this the crossroads of culture. And in his speech at the fountain's dedication ceremony in October 1961, the university president elaborated.
2: Indiana University has long been outstanding in the sciences and in the professions, yet it remembers its ancient foundation upon the classics. Today, in dedicating this magnificent fountain with its central figure, the goddess of love, truth, and beauty, we profoundly reaffirm our belief in the importance of the arts and of the life of the spirit.
1: For WFIU's
0: Artworks, I'm Yael Cassander. Robert Laurent's preparatory drawing for the birth of Venus is on view at the IU Art Museum in this special exhibition, The Great American Sketchbook. That's until May 30th. Several complimentary sketches along with architectural plans for the fountain, photographs, and correspondence relating to the project are on view at the Indiana University Archives through June 30th. The archives is located in the Wells Library, E-460.